no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, we, the bears are what we thought they were. They're what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. One more time. One more time. Bear Essentials Podcast is sponsored by Kins Lager Brewery, located in Oak Park, Illinois. They're a local lager-focused brewery. The tap room is currently closed, but you can still order online for local delivery or curbside pickup. The Bear Essentials Podcast listeners will receive a 15% discount on your order by using promo code BEARSPOD. Please visit them at kinslager.com. That's spelled K-I-N-S-L-A-H-G-E-R.com. Welcome to the Barry Centers. We are Chicago Bears podcast for the fans. On today's show, we will break down Ryan Pace's tenure as Bears GM and much more. Hey, Dub, what's the good word, fam? Man, it's your world, press. How are you, brother? Man, I don't know about that, man. I think it's all yours, man. What's been going on this week? <laughs> hey, man, you know, I got into a little car accident, but I'm all good. <laughs> Came out safe. Hey, man, that's all that matters. Uh, what's, what's the insurance company saying, man? Looks like he's at fault. Uh, the other person who hit me, he's at fault. So uh, hopefully we can work that out. <laughs> to be honest with you, man, with the weather situations that we had here in Chicago, man, I'm surprised that more people haven't been getting into accidents. I mean, these roads have been pretty bad, dude. I agree, man. Just going out there driving. I've been trying to be careful. Even when you're being careful, someone can still make a bump on you. So what was it? Uh, the guy probably was uh, driving a little fast and, and what, rear-ended you or what happened? Looks like he was trying to make it light. When I looked up, I kind of saw behind me. Looked like he was trying to beat the light. Bad weather condition he had that. So um, hit the back of the car, and you know how that go, right? It's time to uh, get the people ready. Yep. So uh, what, you have to get a rental and all that? I'm still driving it right now. I haven't got a rental yet. Uh, work Again, working with his um, insurance company to see you know what they're looking to provide me. Okay, yeah, yeah, man. Well, it, it sounds like at least you're able to still move around. Yes, still able to get around. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, well, let's get into the show a little bit, man. I'm, I'm sorry to hear about the accident. And like you said, man, I hope the insurance gets that stuff uh, figured out, man. But, uh, dude, I don't know if you peaked this week, but Ryan Pace and Maggie and the boys, looks like they're ready for the Mitch Trubisky era to end. And it also looks like Mitch is kind of ready to be done with this team as well. <laughs> what did you think there? Man, I thought that was very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a tough roller coaster ride, right? That year. I mean, this past season was a roller coaster, really. The fact that, you know, we gave him another chance to be the starting quarterback and how things just didn't, you know, go into our favor for that last game. And you kind of figured that something will be going on with the two sides, right? As we knew that Mitch wasn't our long term solution. For our audience, we'll still preface this by saying that this is a rumor at this point. But for anyone that didn't know, uh, according to David Kaplan from ESPN 1000, he said that it looks like Trubisky and the Bears have no interest in a reunion this offseason. So that's what me and A-Dub are referring to. One of the things that we've discussed on this show a lot is just what's going to happen with this quarterback position. So to A-Dub's point, Mitch is not our long-term solution. We know that, right? And so the big thing is now is, what's that solution? <laughs> what's right. going to happen going forward? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Because you know you always you already saw that the the Bears they went after or tried to go after Matt Stafford. They've been sniffing around Carson Wentz. I hope that's just a smoke screen and that's something that they're not actually uh, interested in doing. And like most teams in the league, a dub everybody's monitoring this situation with Deshaun Watson. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
But what that does for Mitch, right? Mitch sees all this going on, right? Or hearing all what's happening yep. on the sidelines, that doesn't make him happy like he's the solution, the current solution for the quarterback position. So with him, I can understand his side of the table like, well, we're done. <laughs> yeah, and also too, I mean, you have to think about probably the way Mitch and his camp probably looks at this situation. He's been kind of made the scapegoat for this whole thing. And you know how Matt Nagy does when it comes to basically putting the fault on everybody except for himself. Right. And I'm going to be totally objective when I make this comment coming up here. I'm just going to say this. Mitch isn't faultless in any of this situation. However, I've spoken about this ad nauseum on this show. Matt Nagy hasn't played to this kid's strengths either. I agree. And he doesn't believe in the kid. Nagy should be taking the blame for not scheming around Mitch and doing what he does best. And Ryan Pace drafted Mitch where he drafted him. And we're going to get into this in the episode. But a lot of that type of attention, you just put Mitch in an unfair position from the get-go. The kid wasn't set up for success. Right. Now, I totally agree. And we didn't help the kid continue to grow and thrive either. So I think we kind of, like you said, we didn't do him any favors down the road, especially this season here. As you can see this season, Nagy really wanted to do what Nagy wanted to do. And <laughs> like you said, it didn't really favor Mitch at all. Mitch, to be honest with you, bro, he plays best when you simplify the play calling. And you called this out a couple times when you talked about when Bill Lazor started taking over play calling. They simplified the play calling. They cut the field in half. We started to run the ball with Montgomery. And it took a lot of pressure off of Mitch. And even if those were bad defenses we were playing against, the offense still looked really damn good. Right. And I thought that that was something that Matt Nagy should have stuck with. But to your point, Matt Nagy has to be the smartest guy in the room and he can't take his ego down a notch to say, hey, you know what? What's in the best interest of this club? What can we do to get the best out of this player in particular? And he doesn't do it. Doesn't do it at all. And you hit a good point here, Press, that you were talking about. You and I alluded to this a while back as well uh, in regards to the style of play. Mm-hmm. Nagy wanted to make it a throwing team first, right? We may, be, we may run second or third, right? But when you're doing all that passing, and not making a good balance between run and passing, you put yourself in a tough situation. And it made it even tougher for Mitch, where he always wanted to pass the football versus run it. Yeah, I think that was my biggest problem, a yep. with him in uh, that 20, I would say the 2019 season, when mm-hmm. he just wanted Mitch to just sit back in the pocket and make throws with his feet planted. That's not Mitch's game. Not at all. You know, he's not a guy that's just going to stand back there and deliver strike after strike. Mitch plays the best when he can roll out, take off plays with his legs, and deliver some passes down the field. And so for me, I just think that Mitch was in a lose-lose situation with Matt Nagy because a couple things. Nagy is not a good play caller. We all know that. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) And like you said, he's hell-bent on running the offense his way and not using the players to their best potential. When you have a guy like Mitch, it's not an ideal situation for a quarterback that already has bad confidence to begin with. Because you would see games where Mitch would be out there and he had a little bit of that swagger to him. And I'm like, oh, shit, he about to turn up today. He right. just had like a different feel. But then you also saw them games when Mitch looked like he was processing thousands of pieces of information. And those right. are the games where I'm like, oh, fuck, A-Dub, man. It's going to be a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I'll say this here, friends. In those first few games, man, I'll tell you, it, it wasn't just a Mitch thing. Hey, Foles had the same problem, too. It was like, hey, we're trying to figure out what these plays you're calling, man. <laughs> it's too complicated. And and that's a great point because you also saw where Foles came out and Jason said that these plays that Nagy are calling don't have a chance to be successful. Right. When do you ever hear a quarterback throw their coach under the bus like that? Put him on blast. I mean, it's rightfully so because it actually, we all saw the same thing. It wasn't like, hey, these guys are, you know, I'm just talking just to be talking. 
it makes sense. And Foles made perfect sense when he said that. Well, yeah, because Foles was also looking at the fact that, hey, this is the offensive line that I'm playing behind, and you're calling these plays, and I don't have time to get the ball out. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) You're going to give me hurt back here, man. (laughs) And he did. Exactly. (laughs) So when I look at a guy like Matt Nagy, I'm like, dude, he needs to do whatever Kyle Shanahan did in San Francisco with Jimmy G. Jimmy G is not that good of a quarterback, just in my opinion, but they made the Super Bowl. With that guy. That's and true. you know why they did? It's because they simplified their attack. They right. ran the ball. They were running the ball down people's throats, man. And they, they did were. that all with the, the situation of having Jimmy G back there as their quarterback. Right. And like you said, you got the good formula, a good balance between run attack versus uh, passing game. Like you said, making those passes simplified and simple. Places you know your quarterback can make. And I think if you do those things the right way, as as any coach who's calling the plays, you want to do it that way. And I think Nagy dropped the ball two years in a row regarding that, for sure. Absolutely, man. And so that was why, you know, when we did our episode after that awful press conference, that was one of the main reasons why I was like, I do not want this head coach back because he is the king of fake accountability, bro. You ever hear him? Well, I'm sure you do hear him. But whenever he's back there in one of those damn press conferences, he always pretends to take the blame for things that happen, but then he also pushes the blame to other people. <laughs> and I'm like, right. he's always like, I know we need to run the ball. I'm like, but aren't you the play caller, bro? What, right. what, what, what are we talking about? <laughs> right, right. Exactly, exactly. It, he, he talks as if he's on the outside looking in. Hey, yeah. man, on the inside, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> Your he, responsibility here. He sound like you and me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hey, man, we don't need you to do that part. We need you to execute, man. You to execute. Yeah, yeah. you you supposed to be the person that got your your, your, your finger on the trigger, man. What, what, do it. Okay, right. <laughs> what are we talking about? Exactly. Nothing to discuss, man. Just do it. Actions speak louder, bro. That and that's my that's always been my my beef with Nagy, man. So when I look at the situation with Mitch, if he does not come back, I wish the kid well. And I also want to thank him for his time here, man, because he didn't play under the most ideal conditions here. We also talked about Nagy's part of this, but you also have to think about the fan base. I mean, everybody was pretty much looking at this kid like, hey, what you got? And a lot of people right. in this town, they weren't, the, they weren't the nicest to the kid. I don't know, man. I, I still think that Mitch, we still haven't seen the best of what he can do in this league yet. Hey, the thing is, the biggest problem with the come down to Mitch, really, is not really Mitch himself. It's the other two quarterbacks. <laughs> uh, and you know who those other two quarterbacks are, you know, Mahomes yep. and Watson. That's yep. really what it comes down to, mostly. But the thing about it is, the GM was the one that decided to trade up and get him. And so, like I said, he put him in that situation, and, and his career is always going to be aligned to those other two quarterbacks, as you mentioned. Yes, sir. Absolutely. The Bears also made another move on defense to help out Desai. So we picked up Mike Patton over from Green Bay. What do you think about that move, eh, Doug? Hey, man. <laughs> hey, look, look, look. I like moves like this. First of all, I will say Mike has a very good um, you know, um, history. I will say that much, you know, for sure. He, he coached the Browns before a couple of years, and he has a good career, has a decent career for sure. But I like the fact that we're able to now get some insights into the competition, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what you want, right? Green Bay has always been our toughest competition these last few years for sure. They've been the, the team in, in our division. So now I'm getting some good ideas from Mike. To come on board, that'll be fantastic. Yeah, man, I, I echo your point. Uh, I think having knowledge of the Packers and NFC North as as a whole is going to be great. I figure with the size knowledge of like Fangio's principles, you know, being his right hand, with having an experienced guy, Mike Pettin, coming in here, 
is only going to bode really well for this defense. I also like the fact of self-scouting and looking at some of these opponents. That's going to be huge. Also, one of the things that I really liked about Mike Pettin's schemes over the year was his blitz packages. And you and I have always talked about, under um, Pagano, where were the blitzes, right? Right. We need to get back to being aggressive. And Mm -hmm. so I'm hoping that that's something that those two could cook up for us and really get us to scheme up and put some pressure on these damn quarterbacks. Absolutely. And you know what? This might be a good situation because, uh, as you know, with Mike, he worked with Vic Fangio, right? Some in Baltimore, I believe. And, uh, and of course, you know, Desai has worked with Vic, uh, Vic Fangio as well. So think about that. These guys have similar, some kinds of, you know, similarities when it comes down to probably thinking more schemes and things like that to where this relationship probably can work, I think, you know? So I think this is, a, again, overall, a pretty good move for the Bears. Also, the other thing, too, is I noticed that a lot of Packers fans were making fun of the move and, and whatnot. And I would just say this. They're probably a little salty because he was calling the place for them on defense. He's right. coming to Chicago. He's not calling any other place for us. So we get the last laugh there. But however, that knowledge and insight that he has to the game, that's invaluable. And Agreed. I think that that's going to bring a lot of value to us. And think about the guy that he was basically scheming against in practice every day. Aaron oh, Rodgers. Wow. Exactly. Exactly. You're going against one of the best quarterbacks in the game, one of the top quarterbacks in the game. So, yeah, that's a plus. Like you say, uh, Perez, that's definitely a plus for us to know that, hey, you've done a good job at scheming against another good quarterback. And now you come to us to now help us with that process. And I think it'll be a good he'll be a good assistant to decide for sure. Advising, giving some good advice. I think that'll be very helpful, too. And the thing about it is, too, man, having a guy like that come available, man, I mean, that that was that when I saw that the Packers were, you know, moving away from him. I said, man, I said, the Bears better strike. <laughs> they right. better strike. <laughs> and I call that a steal right there. That's a steal. <laughs> it also works out, too, from what I was reading, A-Dub, that Nagy and Pettin, they share the same agent. So it just, you know, what you see a lot of times with these moves is that familiarity and the networking that goes on in the league. So it just mm-hmm. seemed like it was a natural fit, you know, based on that relationship there. That's good. We'll take it. Absolutely. One other thing I wanted to touch on with you before we get into this episode on Ryan Pace, the Bears released their 2021 hype video. So one thing that I wanted to tell to our audience is Mitch Trubisky was missing from that video, but Allen Robinson was in it. What should we think about that, A-Dub? Hey, man. Hey, man. (laughs) Maybe we're thinking about signing him back. You know what I'm saying? So hopefully, hopefully that's a good sign for us as fans. We would love to see Allen Robinson back. So if he's in that video, you know, in the video, hopefully that's a good sign for us to know that, hey, maybe some things happen on the back ends of the table that we don't know about and possibly can see him come back to the organization. Yeah. And so it just makes me wonder, in what way does he come back? Does he come back on the franchise tag or do, do they work out the extension with him? Because I'll tell you this, man, if they franchise this guy, He's already said that he doesn't want to play on the franchise tag. You could have an unhappy guy coming back, a dub. Right, that's true. I hope they give him a few years. That will probably make him, you know, get him more satisfied with that. It doesn't have to be something that's, we had to give him a five-year deal, maybe a two, three-year deal. I think that'll be good as well. At least we get him back, right? At least we get him back and we can go down this process again a few years down the road. So that's what I'm hoping for, Perez. You're right. The franchise tag thing may not benefit him or he may not like, but we can get him on a couple-year deal. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, so this would be a, uh, a situation for us all to continue to monitor. But like you said, you don't want an unhappy A-Rob on this team because we see what a lot of these other players in the NFL have done when they've been put a, when a tag's been applied to them. They've demanded a trade, and yeah. we just don't want to see that. You know what I mean? Not at all, man. And the thing is, he wants to be here. So you got yep. a guy who wants to be here. Let's go out. I mean, he's an elite, elite wide receiver at that. Let's let's go out of him. Let's go out of him. 
And, and, and that's the thing. He wants to be here. The fan base loves him. The guys outperformed the contract that he signed to come here. Reward him. Like, isn't that what we're supposed to do? That's exactly what we're supposed to do. Because if a guy underperforms, we cut him, right? <laughs> right, exactly. That's what we do. We find a way. We're looking for a way out. They underperform. Yeah, definitely. Like you said, the guy performed very well. We got to do the best we can to try to bring him back. Absolutely. Well, man, let's get into this episode, man. Me and you have been doing weeks of research on this one. We are going to dig into the good, the bad, and the ugly of Ryan Pace's tenure as Bears GM. And listeners, you have heard me and A-Dub discuss Ryan Pace a lot on this show. And we figured, you know what? Why don't we dig in a little bit into some of the specifics of some of the moves that he's made and discuss them on the show? I think it's only fitting for us to start from some of the good that he's done. And then we're going to work our way down to that ugly because there's a lot of them. <laughs> right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, A-Dub, I'm going to kick it off real quick and then I'm going to get your thoughts. But when I look at Ryan Pace's tenure, I, we, we basically looked at everything going to the draft, free agency, mm-hmm. his undrafted free agent moves, and trades that he made. So we're going to just basically give you guys basically our viewpoints on the good parts of his tenure, the bad parts, the ugly parts. So for me, the good, I think it was that 2016 free agent class that Ryan Pace had. And for our listeners, if you guys maybe don't remember, the 2016 free agent class is where we brought in Hakeem Hicks and Danny Trevathan, right? Yep. I really liked this because Hakeem Hicks was basically a cast-off before he came to Chicago. If people don't remember, he was a part of the Saints organization. He was also a part of the New England Patriots organization. And right. both of those teams pretty much, you know, they passed on him. They say, no, we don't see anything here. Hakeem Hicks is one of the biggest leaders on this team. And we all saw what happened in 2019 when Hakeem Hicks was unable to play. Our defense fell off of a damn cliff. Right. <laughs> so, right, me, right, right. That's one of the pieces of the good that, that I had. A-Dub, what did you have as far as the good regarding uh, Ryan Pace? No, I like that pick you talked about with Hicks for sure. You know, I like the Danny Trevathan coming off that Super Bowl with the Broncos, then coming to Chicago. I thought that was a very good pickup from that standpoint. Yeah, especially in that 2016 free agent class. That's another good call out. Yep, yep absolutely. But one thing I'm going to take it to, I'm going to take the 2018 free agents, you know, because I got to go that route regardless because um, we were in need for a wide receiver. And Allen Robinson came in and fit the bill very well for us. So I will say the good-wise, we got a guy right now that's going through free agency. As you can see, he was superb for us. He's been our guy who relied upon to do all the work. From a wide receiver standpoint, he's been consistent. And he's showing the great hands, and he wants to be in this town. I think that, to me, was a really big pickup for, um, for Ryan Pace when it came to the 2018 free agency. You can't argue with that one either, man, because A-Rod's been worth every damn penny. Absolutely. Yeah. And he's going to get himself a very big contract, whether it's in Chicago or somewhere else. But no, I agree with that 100%. 100%. Another area that I thought that Ryan Pace has been pretty good at is when you look at, think about the 2016 draft. That draft, we picked up Cody Whitehair. We picked up Nick Kwiatkowski. Mm -hmm. Drafted Jordan Howard. And I know fans are probably going to talk some shit to me on this one, but I'm also going to give him credit for drafting Leonard Floyd. Now yep. I know I know Leonard Floyd wasn't what we thought he was going to be when he when we drafted him, but let's take the situation out of the equation where he wasn't able to rush the passer well when he was in Chicago. Leonard Floyd did everything else well that you wanted, mm-hmm. and now we saw when he went to L.A. when he was playing next to Aaron Donald. That man is bad. 
But you saw that now Leonard Floyd, he started getting off the quarterback. Yes, he is. <laughs> so that 2016 draft class, to me, I thought he had more hits in this class than misses. What did you think there, Ado? No, I, I agree with you. I totally agree with you. And I know a lot of people, like you said, with the Leonard Floyd thing, everyone looking at him like, wow, you know, he didn't do great with us. He wasn't terrible with us. I think the fact that he was the first round pick, knife at yep. that, you know, yep. was the issue, really was the main issue. But you're right. You're starting to see him turn things up now. He fits that scheme of where he at now. He was on a one-year deal with the Rams. He fits what they're doing. He's a big part of what they're doing. And I'll tell you right now, that Rams team was grimy from that defensive <laughs> standpoint, you know. And he was a big part of that. So, really, maybe we gave him up a year too early. Who knows, right? But the thing is, this guy wasn't bad at all. And I thought, like you said, um, Press, that 2016 class was pretty solid for me. You know, I mean, think about it. Jordan Howard was phenomenal. He was a fifth-round pick for us, right? And then we and then we and then we and then we shipped him out of town. Right, exactly. But now we got to fix that problem, right? But he was good for us. I mean, there was no issue. I don't think any of the fans really had an issue with Jordan Howard. That guy was. I mean, you talk about running back wise, he was eating up yards, right? He's oh, a, he ran a, a he ran the rusher. ball he ran the ball hard, bro. Exactly, exactly. So for me, that wasn't bad at all. You know, as far as the draft that he that we did, you know, I think you're right. Another person that in that draft, I think you mentioned Cody White here. He was yep. drafting that in that class. So second uh, round. Second yep. round, yep, 56 overall. So that wasn't a bad draft pick at all. We still got Cody White here now, you know, and, he, and he's solid for us. So I think you're right, Perez. That, that year, that class, very good. Yeah, I mean, think about Nick Wachowski. He went on to go to get a contract with the Raiders. Yep. And uh, we still got Dion Bush, and he's been yep. a valuable contributor. So, man, this was a really good draft. I still wish we had Jordan Howard, man. Me too, man. I think we can use him right now for sure and give our guy a break, you know, Uh but yeah, he'll be very useful for this or for this team that we're trying to do. Because I think we're now, uh, hopefully next year, we're still looking to run the football more than what we did this year, right? Yep. Uh, this past season, I think he'll play a big part in that. You know who's another guy that we just we forgot to mention about this draft was DeAndre Houston Carson. He's another yeah. guy that we drafted. That was a six round draft pick. Yep. And, and this is somebody that you and I both talked about him being a solid special teams player, and he's been mm-hmm. pretty pretty good as as far as safety depth for the team. Absolutely. And matter of fact, I enjoy him being on the team, really, because he's a big guy who can come. He's a guy who can come in, right, to spare somebody some minutes, get some valuable minutes. And like you said, special teams, he's been phenomenal. Yeah, he really has. I'm going to just circle back to another positive that I like from this Ryan Pace tenure. And we, you and I have talked about this a lot on the show, A-Dub, is his success with mid to late round draft picks. Yes. So think about this. From a Pro Bowl standpoint, he's drafted Eddie Jackson. Yep. I know I make fun and call him Tito, but he's still a pro bowler, right? And that's a fourth-round draft pick that Ryan Pace was able to find. Also, Tariq Cohen. Yep. Fourth-rounder. And that was a great pick. So, A-Dub, when you kind of look at some of that success that Ryan Pace has had in those mid to late rounds, it kind of shows you that he does have an eye for talent, you know? He does. And speaking of that, Brad, what you're going with is that when I look at the draft, I look at really – the entire draft. I don't look at what particularly the pick we had, right? I mean, of course, you have a top pick. You're looking at, hey, you're looking to get somebody, really. But I look at the overall, right? The Who are we picked in that draft? How many picks we had? And no matter where they are, do we get some people in that draft, right? I think it's more, I think we think about the first rounds and things of that nature. People think that, hey, you're supposed to get someone in those areas, right? But what well, if you miss well, out? But you know what? You got to hit on those first rounders. But I, agree with, but I agree with what you're going with that because you're right, A-Dub. It is important to look at the overall draft class. Yeah. 
But one of the things with Ryan Pace, and we'll get into this a little bit later on, but I do agree where you're going with this yeah. because he has missed <laughs> on some yeah. of these first rounds. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but I want to make sure I don't get off base. But you're right. When you talked about the fourth round with Eddie Jackson and Tariq Cohen, I mean, I'm going to just spit it. You, you hit a lot of the good points with Eddie Jackson. But I want to hit Tariq Cohen. Yeah, Tariq go for Cohen it. Cohen was missed big time this year. He's been our all-pro punt returner for sure. He's done a lot of good things for us. But without him, we had to, what, go with, what, three or four different punt returners um, this year because we, we didn't have him. And then also we didn't have him for those scheme plays as well, passing game. You know, it was just a big miss without having Tariq Cohen this year. So that guy has a lot of value to this team. So missing him was very important. Uh, I hope he comes back very healthy um, for the next season. But, man, he was a big miss. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. That's like what I was mentioning last week on the show when I said yep. that – contract extension that he got was very key and clutch because it was a low cost to me acquisition. And the team obviously sees something that we all see as fans. And the fact that this guy is invaluable to our team. So hell of a point there. Yep. And you hit a lot of points on him, on him already, Prez, and in previous episodes. And, and you, you've been a big fan of Tariq Cohen big time. So um, yeah, man, glad I to have Reed. him on the team. So looking at some of these other picks, let's let's think about some other draft picks that, that, that Ryan Pace has made, A-Dub. Adrian Amos was a fifth-round draft pick. And even though he's no longer with the club, that was somebody that I've talked about in the past, how I miss him playing alongside Eddie Jackson because Amos is a physical safety, smart player, covers, does what he's supposed to do out there. And Mm -hmm. that was another late-round draft pick from Pace that I thought hit really well. Now, look at Bilal Nichols. He was a standout on the defense this year, replacing Eddie Goldman. He was a fifth-round draft pick as well. Mm-hmm. So when you kind of look at this and you say, man, okay, well, I know we kind of killed this guy, but there's some talent here that he's been able to unlock. Also, your boy, Money Moon. Yep. Another fifth round draft pick. <laughs> exactly. Can't forget about Money Moon. That guy's been excellent for us. You know, a young kid that late in the draft, still out there, right? That late in the draft. And he's shown for us that, hey, he's reliable. Like we talked about before, Perez, his speed, the fact what he can do in these route runnings, he can go short or long. I mean, this kid's been phenomenal. He only missed one catch all year. And I, I expect big things from him coming to the next season. But man, that was a big, big pickup for Ryan Pace. Yep. Did you have any other uh, late round draft picks that, that you wanted to highlight? I had a couple, but I wanted to make sure you got it in here too. I wouldn't say too much late round draft, but one thing I will say I want to throw out this um, prayers is um, Eddie Goldman. You already mentioned him already. I thought, man, Eddie Goldman getting him, man, what was huge. Yeah, um, second round I, pick out of Florida State. Yes, sir. Right, second round, exactly. So just getting him, man. I know it show we missed him this year, right? We missed him big time this oh, year. Oh yeah, man. Th- think about imagine having him this this year. You know, it'd have been a big boost for our team, man. And I'll, I'll tell you one thing: I am looking forward to seeing him next season. Uh, if everything works out, of course, you know, with COVID and all that stuff, right? But, man, he can be a big, uh, I mean, a big boost for us, man. We're talking about getting that backfield and, and cause some havoc. So I would love to see him back, you know, and playing. But that was a good pickup right there. Agree with that. And then also think about Jalen Johnson. We pulled him out of the second round. Yep. And also James Daniels was a second-round pick as well. So yep. there there are some nice pieces. And, and to that point, the draft is where you need to hit because if you mm-hmm. miss in the draft, then you have to overpay a free agency to correct your roles with the draft. Right, and right. So with some of these players that we've called out here, these have been very, very key draft picks for Ryan Pace. So that's another area where I want to give him some kudos. And I wanted to call out specific guys that I thought have been pretty good for us. Yeah. Can I call out one more guy for us who's been very good? 
third round pick, semi third pick in the 2019 draft. That was David Montgomery. Yes, sir. Monty. We found a very good, reliable running back that late. You asked me, man, this kid has a bright future with us. And the future started, what, this year pretty much. So um, this kid going to be pretty good. I'm looking forward to seeing him next year as well. He scared us this week with that tweet that he put out, though. I, don't, I think he uh, confused uh, <laughs> the in- English tense a little bit. But it's good to know that Montgomery isn't going anywhere. He put out a tweet this week that scared the whole entire fucking fan base. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> People thought he was getting traded or something. I'm like, man, come on, David. <laughs> stop playing with us, man. Like, stop playing, man. Don't, don't do us like that. Because I was concerned, too. I was like, what the heck? What, what's going on here? What do we don't know? What, what are we missing here? But he, I, he cleaned I, it up for us. He cleaned it up. But I said, hey, man, let's work on your tweet game, man. Because that shit I, that shit scared me. I, I looked at it. I was like, hell no, not Montgomery. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, man. So you mentioned uh, Allen Robinson free agent acquisition, which I thought was huge as one mm-hmm. of the good parts of uh, Ryan Pace's tenure. I talked about Hakeem Hicks. One thing, let's talk about real quick: the trade. Go well, ahead. He brought Khalil fucking Mack to town. Man, that man. was one of the biggest trades in the NFL, bro. And and at that before that trade, we hadn't seen a guy of that magnitude move in the league, right? Right. That's true. And I still, honestly, a dub can't believe that he landed that guy. Man, I still can't believe he landed him either, though. It took some draft picks, right? Yep. <laughs> and, uh, two number that, ones. Yeah, two number ones. But I get it, though. I get it. This guy, Khalil Mack, is a guy, is a, a big time game changer. Matter of fact, he shaped that entire defense when we got him. Mm-hmm. We got him, everything changed for us. Like, oh, now we're looking to win. <laughs> we're looking to win now. <laughs> you know, so you get a guy like that, man. You know, you just like, wow. It, 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 I mean, I thought getting Julius Peppers was a big deal. Man, getting Khalil Mack was an even bigger deal. You ask me, a guy that's in his prime, ready to go. I mean, you know, defensive player, if you want to call those great things out with his his accolades, this guy's phenomenal. And nothing that bad I can say about Khalil Mack, and that was a very big trade. And the thing about it is, too, you're right. There's nothing bad you can say about him because the guy plays his ass off. He's available, plays through injuries, quiet, gets the job done, isn't a problem in the locker room, stays with himself off the field. You you hear nothing out of him. Nothing (laughs) at all. And the thing that I just worry about with a guy like Khalil Mack, though, is the fact that we're not preserving the remaining years of his prime. And that's why it's going to be really important for us to get this quarterback situation sold up yes. and get this defense back on track. Ain't I done. agree. I agree with you. And uh, you're right, because we don't want to keep wasting years with that. And the defense can get old in a few more years, really. I mean, like you said, Perez, we don't have a lot of time to keep wasting a guy in his prime because you never know what can happen, right? Injuries, whatever, right? That can shorten up your career. So right now, we got a, we got a chance to execute and make a big impact now. Let's do it. You know, and like you said, that quarterback position is going to be something that we really got to clean up big time and uh, move forward on. Because, again, otherwise we're wasting the defense. We really are. One other part that I had for the good and I wanted to see what you had left in this category. uh, I wanted to call out the signing of Bryce Callahan when he was an undrafted free agent coming out of Rice University. Mm -hmm. So Ryan Pace picked him up in 2015. And we saw how Bryce Callahan emerged as a breakout player in his defense in that 2018 season. Yeah. And that was when he played on the Pagano in that scheme. And Bryce Callahan in the slot, mm-hmm. that kid, you were getting a completion off of him. And if you did catch the ball, he was bringing your ass down immediately. Absolutely. And that was a guy right there that I thought was very unheralded and was a great signing. He broke his foot that season in week 14. And I think that was also a part that derailed that season for us because we missed having him uh, covering that slot. 
Absolutely. No, that's a good point you bring up, man. You're right. We we did miss that part of, of it for sure. But the one thing I want to throw out there to you, Prez, from a 2018 draft that I know we did very good with was the drafting of uh, Roquan Smith. First round, eighth of a round overall. I thought this kid now is really showing us really what he's made of. Um, as you can see, he's been big time for us. We should have been all pro for sure. Got robbed there. We talked about that a lot. Um, but man, there's nothing I can say better about Roquan Smith. No, man, that dude's all pro. Like you said, we've talked about it a lot on the show. Young player in this league, only going to get better. Entering the contract year this season, watch out NFL. You know what I'm saying? Because this dude right here is a bad brother. <laughs> Absolutely. Bad Absolutely. <laughs> so I'm going to turn over to the bad of Ryan Pace's tenure. Woo. And so I'm just going to say, you talked about it a little bit earlier. You were talking about the, the first round of the draft. And mm-hmm. I'm just going to say this. Outside of Roquan Smith, which I'm glad that you brought that up, Roquan was a great pick for us. But let's yep. just say that Ryan Pace has had some bad misses in the yep. first round. I'm just going to call out Kevin White. Oh, I, want you, I want you to come down to the altar, sir, because <laughs> oh, no. this, this draft pick here, I think it set us back. Because <laughs> when they drafted him at the time, we were thinking, oh, man, we're going to get some game changer in that office, a guy that can basically get open down the field. Right. But we didn't realize that Kevin White on tape, he was only good at running two routes. True. And that Bears offense that they were running, they had like different route trees that he had never run in his whole career. So that was one thing that was going against him. That's one. Yep. Good point. Very good point. Think about the injuries. Mm-hmm. Now, he never had a chance because he couldn't stay healthy. Right. And so with the first year was the shin fracture, right? Correct. And then, and then it was just one thing after the other, man. And I just said, right. you know what, man? This kid here might be a good kid and all that good stuff, but when you draft a guy that high, you expect to get some sort of return out of your investment. And we didn't get agree. that. Not at all, man. Not at all. And the other thing, though, um, with him, Prez, when he did get finally get healthy, he still didn't look good. It was like all those injuries had piled up on him. Like you said, a lot of things he just didn't know how to do anymore, right? He didn't develop. And the time passed him by, and that's what it, what it came down to. And it turns out to be, like you said, oh, tough draft pick. Yeah, so I would just say, man, this was a huge miss, and it was it was one of Ryan Pace's worst moves, man. And yeah. he's not even in the league right now, I don't think. I know he was with the Niners for a little cup of coffee, but I'm not sure if they cut him. I think he's out of the league. If I'm if I'm uh, if I'm thinking about the situation right, but he's out of the he, league. Yeah, when they drafted him though. They could have gotten Ty Gurley. Now, I know Ty Gurley's kind of gotten to the point in his career where he might be a little, you know, injured and banged up. But imagine a guy like Ty Gurley when he was in his prime. I mean, that would have been nice in his office. Nice. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It would have been nice. It would have been. No, no, no doubt. It would have been. Ty Gurley was at one point, man, was, was top, top notch at one point. So yeah. it would have been nice to have him, in, like I said, with this team. Yeah, so the, the Kevin White first-round draft pick set us back. But also, and I'm going to let you get in on this, the drafting of Mitch Trubisky and passing up on Mahomes and Watson. Whew. Man, that was tough with the Mitch Trubisky thing because you give up a lot, right? You, you, you trade you know, the third the, the third pick to the 49ers, right, to move up, right, in the draft. Yep. And you, give, you give up enough, right, to, to do that. You give up too much to do that. First of all, give up too much to do it. And then, two, who to say that the 49ers were even thinking about getting Mitch in the beginning with? <laughs> so um, the fact is, I think Pace got played <laughs> big yep. time when it came down to that. And the fact, like you say, he lost out on two other great quarterbacks 
and one of them he didn't even pay attention to at all. Yeah, didn't even meet with him. That is concerning in itself. That means you had your eye on a guy from a basketball school. I hate to say it that way, but Mitch went to a basketball school. <laughs> um, you know, um, and it's just what it is, right? This is, I feel this. I feel I really feel strong about. It. I'm not. I'm not dissing Mitch really per se. It's just the fact that I know where he came from, right? But still, you go and get one from that school. So the fact that Ryan Pace really didn't pay much attention to you know again some of the other guys quarterbacks in that draft is to me is a quite uh, is, is a shame. And that's why I think Ryan Pace dropped the ball the most in this whole ordeal is not looking at all the quarterbacks. He pretty much put himself down to looking at one particular quarterback, really Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, and, and I think, too, because you point out the fact that North Carolina is a basketball school. Also think about the fact that Mitch was only a one-year starter at, at North Carolina as well. Right. It seemed like Ryan mm-hmm. Pace probably saw a little bit of himself in Mitch Trubisky, and I think he fell in love with what he saw coming back to right. him. Because he saw the kid pulling up in the Toyota Corolla, right? Right. <laughs> and he probably said, oh, man, look at this guy. All shucks. You know, he looks great, right? <laughs> and he right. fell in love with that. And yep. to your point that you were going to make earlier about the first-round draft, it is a crapshoot sometimes, eh, Dub? That's a really good point. And when you looked at Mitch Trubisky coming into the draft, Ryan Pace wasn't the only person that had Mitch rated high as a, as a draft candidate, as a quarterback. Right, right. So a lot of these teams, like the Browns, and and I know the Browns are the Browns, but there were a lot of teams that were looking at Mitch. Mm -hmm. And he had the intangibles that they were looking for. Size, a good arm, and he's athletic as fuck, you know? Right, right. My issue, though, when it came to this pick is the fact that you didn't even break bread with Deshaun Watson. Right. The fact that his college coach compared him to Michael Jordan in football cleats. If I hear that type of comparison from Dabo Sweeney, I'm at least going to sit down and say, man, let's go grab a steak, man. Let's just chop it up real quick. <laughs> right, know? right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so I just think that he didn't do his due diligence and he fell in love with a version of himself. Right. And that's, right. And that's why I had to give him a little bit of a, a, a slap on the wrist on this one, just because I'm like, bro, this was not the move. And this is no disrespect to Mitch because everybody knows how I feel about Mitch as a person. Mm-hmm. And I think he could still be a good player. But in this situation, we all can't deny the fact of the fact that Ryan Pace missed on this draft pick. He did. He missed out. And in that entire draft, we also missed out on Alvin Kamara. And, you know, it's just other things that could have been, you know, also added value to this team, right? Think about it. We could have got Deshaun Watson or, you know, Mahomes. And we could also got Alvin Kamara in, in the draft as well. Could have. Now, one thing that I will say, and I want to get your thoughts on this, A-Dub. Now, after watching the Super Bowl and seeing the fact that Mahomes struggled and the fact that the Buccaneers turned up the heat on him. (laughs) When I look at a Mahomes or I look at a Watson and I look at the fact that Matt Nagy is the the guy that's basically tasked with coaching the quarterback position and building an offense. I wonder if Mahomes or Watson would have had the same type of struggles that Mitch has had playing here in Chicago. Because when you look at that Kansas City situation, Mm -hmm. he's got weapons, He's got a great scheme and he's got a good offensive line. We didn't see That's that right. offensive line in, in the Super Bowl because they were hurt. But right. I want to get your thoughts on that. When you look at those two guys, how do you think they would have matched up in this Bears scheme and with the talent around? They would have struggled as well. And let me pinpoint something to you when it came down to Mahomes. You remember when Mahomes um, had Tyreek Hill, those guys all hurt? Mahomes in, in, in the KC struggled a bit when he had all his injuries. And so from that standpoint, you put him on a high team, oh, well, you don't have those weapons. You don't have those elite, you know, wide receivers like that. You don't have that core like that. So 
you're going to struggle a bit. And then you also, you don't have the line either. Like you mentioned, Perez, you don't have that offensive line either. So now you come in here with so many holes and gaps, right? With this team of the Bears. We got some holes, you know, uh, with our line taking steps back. You don't have what you have over in Kansas City. So I can't say you're going to put up the same numbers or production there. We'll see some of your flashes, right? Because we saw some of his flashes in the Super Bowl, right? To where his offensive line wasn't quite there. This kid was making some hell of some throws, right? Mahomes makes some hell of some throws uh, under those conditions. And, we running, see- and, and running for his damn life. <laughs> right, exactly. We'll see that in Chicago. But you talk about wins and losses. How many more wins he's going to get in Chicago than he has with KC's? Probably going to struggle as well here as well. His, uh, Like I said, his quarterback rating is not going to look exactly the same as it looked now, right? Because yeah. of all those different um, intent that will happen to him playing with Chicago. So I think Watson and Mahomes would actually be struggling as well if they were in Chicago. And see, that's the point that I want to just make sure that we drive home here because while it was a bad miss, I just wonder how successful those guys would have been here with Matt Nagy as the head coach. And that's just mostly me basically saying that Matt Nagy is a bad coach and a terrible play caller. And here's the other thing, Perez, I want to throw out there to you as well. Even with the Mitch, right? We were, what, Parky or a field goal away, right, for probably advancing the playoffs, right, when Parky missed that field goal. Who knows what would have happened to the Bears, right, had that not happened. Maybe we could have went on, right, maybe to the Super Bowl. Who knows? Because everything was clicking all of a sudden and that play happened, right, to where we, we lost that game to the Eagles. But who knows what would have happened, right? This is talking about luck, right? And what if Mitch win the Super Bowl with the Bears? I'm yeah, just you, saying, you don't know. You don't know, though, right? You don't know. And I'm telling you, every time that name gets said, it triggers me, man. I hate. Cody Parkey, bro. Hey, Cody Parkey. <laughs> My I understand. God. But you know what, though? You but you're absolutely right, man. And it's like you never know. And that's what that's what hurts about that 2018 season so much. Because I thought that team was set to go because that defense was playing at such a high level. Yep. And it's just like, man, it's just a case of like, what if? Because <laughs> right. I just feel like, dude, that set our franchise back. Losing that game, we haven't mm-hmm. been the same. Have not been the same at all. Uh, I didn't want to go that route, but I I, I started down the path of talking about Cody Park. Yeah, so he's going to create the sign in 2018. Yep. But man, that that just it was just rough, man. Just seeing him, you know, blow a kick like that in a tough game. So that just you got to move on from a guy like that. He's not a fan favorite anymore in the, in the land of Chicago. You got to move on from a guy like that. Well, I'm I'm just going to say this, and I'm never going to speak about Cody Park on this podcast uh, ever again. But the, the fact that you brought up that contract. He signed a four-year, $15 million contract that yes. Ryan Pace gave him. Mm-hmm. He ruined our season by double-doinking multiple times over the course of the year. But then when they cut him, he has so much money and guarantees left on that deal, $9 million, mm-hmm. that it counted against the cap the following season. Wow. Ouch. So, so in addition to him going on that fucking Today Show, <laughs> that $9 million salary hit was his fuck you on his way out to the city. Right. And so I'm just going to say that that Cody Parkey double doink is the most infamous play in my history as a Bears fan mm-hmm. outside of when Rex Grossman threw that pick in the Super Bowl, bro. Yeah. And he got returned back for the touchdown. Yep. Those are two plays that I'll forever remember um, as a Chicago Bears fan because that took my heart, man. It's like, wow, that hurted me. Just seeing that, that missed field goal hurt it. That interception hurt it badly. I mean, at critical times, right? This is in the playoffs we're talking about. Super Bowl and talking about the playoffs. It just hurts to see those things happen like that, that this, that ruins the day for you. Yeah, it really does. Fuck Cody Parkey. Never talking about you again on this show, man. Fuck. I'm you. done with him. <laughs> I'm done with him. Yeah. That's all you hear from me from, with him. There you go. My last bad on uh, Ryan Pace before I get into the ugly is his lack of transparency. 
So one of the, the issues that I have with him is the fact that he doesn't speak to the media often. And mm-hmm. when he does, it's only like that one time in a year when he absolutely has to. But he keeps everything close to the vest, which is fine. Because mm-hmm. from, a, from a strategy standpoint, you don't want to identify all of your moves. You don't want your competition to know what you're thinking, right? Right, right. But I think that if he was more transparent with the fan base, that maybe when he makes some of these moves and he might not be successful with them, then people may give him a bit more latitude. Right. I don't think that he gets that because when people look at him, they just say, this sneaky motherfucker, man, he doesn't tell us anything. Nothing. And then when you see him make a move, you're just like, well, what was that about? Why'd you make that move? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It just comes out the blue, man, you know? And I I even say even when he came down to uh, Khalil Mack, I didn't see that coming. It just happened, right? It's like a lot of moves he make, you just don't see happen. They just occur. So you get the good and the bad and the ugly with them when he makes some of these moves. And uh, But one thing I will say, he's very aggressive, right, at times. And, And that's what you like about him. But also, high risk, you also get high rewards, right? So you get both on the side of the equation with him. Yeah, I just say, you know... It worked with Khalil Mack, you know, and, and, and it backfired with some of these other moves because I'm yep. going to turn I'm going to ready to turn to the ugly. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. And it's a lot of it. And the first part of the ugly I'm going to talk about is the Mike Glennon signing. Oh, oh, we that shit was awful. How do you give that guy that type of guaranteed money and you only get four games out of him? That's it. I- <laughs> so that's it. I, I really love how fans, they kill pace for drafting Mitch over Watson and, and Mahomes, but then they gloss over this one. Right. Because this move right here, to me, hurt more than that one did. I think so, too. All we got, like it says, for Kingsley out of here. <laughs> yep. That was horrible. That was horrible. Um, that one. Mitch ended up taking his spot, pretty much, because the guy just wasn't what we thought he was. We thought that getting him would give Mitch a chance. Right. It didn't work out. Yeah. I mean, so yep. Ryan Pace going after Glennon, I mean, that was just basically, uh, it's just a really bad move. And it just showed you that he had no clue what he was doing to try to fix this quarterback position. Mm-hmm. And this is also the main reason why I'm not comfortable with him being tasked to fix this quarterback position right now. Yeah. As and a lame duck GM. It just gets to you with, from the standpoint, we talk about quarterbacks overall for Chicago Bears and how we start to see this trend to where it's just not working out. And that really what I really want to highlight when it comes down to just pace in general. It's, it's this trend that you got on this cloud, you know? And it's just not turned out to be a good one. So you add him, but then you add Foles, right? So you got Mike Glennon, got Foles, right? And these are, again, these are moves you make that just d- doesn't work. We got a chance to see, you know, Foles this year, right? And what do we got of Foles? Nothing at all. It was a, a travesty. I mean, it was just terrible just seeing him out there. You know, I mean, he had that one little comeback game where if you want to give him credit for that. But overall, just him being back there did not look like a, a, a primetime quarterback. Did not, did not look like a starting quarterback for this team. And with that, you wonder all this money you got invested, you know, you put into quarterbacks. You got to you got to you got to be concerned about that. No, great point. And, uh, you know, everybody knows what we think about Nick Foles. I mean, we, we bailed out the Jaguars on that eighty eight million dollar experiment with Nick Foles in Jacksonville. Awful uh, signing for them, but awful trade for us because then Pace gives up draft capital to bring Foles in here. And it's because Matt Nagy says, hey, this is the guy that basically can run my offense. Right, right. And that was all about Nagy, really. But the the thing is, you start to see this theme, right? It's not a good theme to see. And you wonder about who's next. 
right? Mm-hmm. You're wondering who's next now. Who's going to be the next one to come up, come here, and, and screw up, right? Hopefully they don't, right? But that's the that's the thought process coming to mind when you think about this trend with bad quarterbacks. No, really good point. And another thing, when I look at the ugly of the Ryan Pace tenure, it is a point that you made earlier, and I want to drill down on it a little bit further, is he outbids himself. So mm-hmm. in that situation, when he traded up with the Niners, the right. Niners basically fucking fleeced him because yeah. <laughs> they, they had no interest in drafting Mitch. They ended up drafting Solomon Thomas, but they leveraged that threat to get Ryan Pace to just start giving up draft picks. Right. And also look at what he did with Jimmy Graham. Now, <laughs> when they saw Jimmy Graham, they were bidding against themselves. They overpaid Jimmy Graham. Now, I will say that Jimmy Graham had a really solid season, but how did he get more guaranteed money than Eric Ebron? And Eric Ebron is seven years younger than Jimmy Graham. Right, right. That's because he was out. He was bidding with himself. Yeah, and this is this is this is the aggressiveness we talked about with Pace. Right, he gets too aggressive, and sometimes you just take a step back. Take a step back and see the value of guys before you start going at guys. You know, just take a step back. And I think he gets too aggressive and it can come back to bite. So like you said, Jimmy Graham did pretty good for us this year, no doubt. But still, like you said, maybe that price tag wouldn't have been that big of a price tag. Yeah. And then going back to Mike Glennon, you gave this dude over 16 to $17 million in guaranteed money. And I'm sorry, but who the hell else wanted Mike Glennon as their quarterback that year? Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> we were bidding against ourselves. Yep. Exactly. And I I talked about the fact that he basically gave up three draft picks to move up to get Mitch. Yes. To move up one spot. One spot. One spot. And here's the deal. Even if the 49ers do get Mitch, (laughs) even if they do, you got Watson and Mahomes in the draft, man. Right. You You still got two other guys there that, hey, you know what? Probably wouldn't be as bad for you, right? So even still, you'll have to give up that much regardless. Right. Oh, man, I'm telling you, the more we've been talking about this ugly, man, it just makes me just, man, it just makes me dislike this guy even more. Because let's talk about another ugly aspect of the Ryan Pace tenure, the 2017 free agent class. Let's go. Now, this class, (laughs) this is when he signed Mike Glennon. This is when he signed Quentin Dips. This is when he signed Deion Sims. Yep. And this is when he signed Marcus Wheaton. Correct. All these guys were bust. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Prince Akamura, he was signed in that 2017 free agent class. Right. And Prince actually was solid, and he, he actually solid. got a and he got a second deal with us in free agency. But when you look at this group, this is an awful, awful free agent class. When I think of Glennon, I think of just somebody that just should never have been a starter in the league. And the fact that he's still even as playing in the league, sad in itself. You know what I mean? Colin Kaepernick can't even get a damn tryout, and you got fucking guys like Mike Glennon out here that fucking suck, and we know that they suck, and we know what it is, but this guy should not be in this league. Right. At best, Mike Glennon is probably a third-string quarterback. At best. But you're right, he shouldn't even be in the league, though, really. He shouldn't even be in the league. He shouldn't even be in the league. He should be playing in the XFL. (laughs) It should be, right. That probably should have (laughs) well. And that league don't even exist, so that's how much I think that he should be playing anyway. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, man, it's not a good... No, he shouldn't be playing for sure. I agree with you. But, man, like you said, um, Dimps, man, um, it's injuries, right? It's just, like you said, a lot of bad, bad signings, man, in, in, in that. You take out Prince and you look around, you're like, whoa, this is what you did? This is what yeah. you bring to the team? Doesn't look good. It's awful. 
I remember Dips when he got stiffed on by Austin Hooper or he had that 88 yard touchdown yep. that season. And I'm like, damn, that's what they draft. I mean, that's what they signed this guy to do. And then, like yep. you said, he got hurt because he went on injured reserve like a couple weeks after that. His pride was hurt after getting stiffed arm like right. that. Right, <laughs> exactly. And that was the end of him, <laughs> pretty yeah. much. Yeah, he was done. Deion Sims, mediocre as fuck. And then Marcus Wheaton. This dude caught three more passes than A-Dub did as a, as a bear. Right. Think about that. <laughs> <laughs> right, man. Man, that was just bad. I'll tell you, when we got him, I thought there was going to be some good things come out of it. But, man, it got ugly fast for him. And it, so and when he was with the Steelers, he was a solid player. You know, he was making yep. plays and stuff like that. But he came here and it's just like in between the bad quarterback play and I don't know what the deal was with him, but he just was not good here at all. Not good. Not good. And I did. I, did, I thought I really did. I had some high hopes for him. Man. I thought he was going to do well for us. But, man, that turned quickly. And so we talk about Prince and he was a consolation prize in that free agent class because, remember, that the Bears were going after Stephon Gilmore and A.J. Boye. And those were like the, the cream of the crop free agents at DB that year, and they both turned us down. Right. So Because Gilmore went to the Patriots, and then Boye went to the uh, the Jaguars. Yep. But Prince was still a solid starter for us, and I really liked what he brought to the team. Now, he towards the end of his Bears tenure, he was getting beat a lot. But Prince, was he was a solid guy, really good solid. in the locker room, and the media really liked him. Yeah, I liked him too. I'm not gonna lie to you. You're right. He got to be a few times out there, but overall, <laughs> man, he, he was solid. Like you said, he, he was pretty much solid, man. And um, you know, you, you, you like good guys in, in the ball club, regardless, you know. And um, again, he didn't really hurt the team that badly. But you're right. He was one of those phrases that I would give him a pass on. But again, it wasn't like Prince could make up for all the bad things he did in the pre agent 2017. It wasn't enough. Prince value wasn't that valuable to where it can uncover, you know, that it can make up for all the things he did wrong in that draft. I'm sorry, that uh, free agent signing. That free agency, yep. I guess when you when you look at Ryan Pace's tenure, mm-hmm. I'm just going to say from my standpoint, I think he's going to regret being stubborn. So in the 2020 draft, they didn't select the quarterback. Right. Or even pick one up as an undrafted free agent. And in his six-year tenure as the GM, the only time that he went after a quarterback in the draft is when he traded up for Mitch. Right. Now, audience, remember when Ryan Pace was signed here? His belief at the time was he said it was a good idea to try to draft a quarterback every year. That's mm-hmm. what he said when they hired him. So he has not even subscribed to his own damn philosophy. Or just perhaps he never believed in that shit in the first place and he was only just saying that just because he knew that this city was quarterback starved and he knew that the fan base would eat that up. So in 2020, right, the 2020 draft, he didn't drop the quarterback, right? But he ended up going after Nick Foles, right? So maybe you think that makes up for it, right? <laughs> That's what he's thinking. Maybe this makes up for the fact that I didn't drop the quarterback because in that draft, we got what? Jalen Johnson, Cole Commit, who really came out that draft, Darnell Mooney, right? Villador and, and Gibson. Those are the ones in the 2020 draft. So I think what he was probably alluding to was the fact that maybe, I'm not, this is me just bring, bringing up the, the thought process. Maybe because he got Foles, he thought that he didn't need to draft the quarterback. Yeah, but then what, what about the other five seasons? What about the other five years of his tenure where he ignored the quarterback position? Correct. Because he said that every year you're supposed yep. to draft the quarterback. I agree. Now, look at what the Eagles did. Now, they had Carson Wentz, and you and I can debate Carson Wentz being elite all day long, but the simple fact of the matter was they drafted Jalen Hurts in the draft in yep. 2020. They did. The damn Green Bay Packers 
have Aaron Rodgers. And they traded up to draft Jordan Love. Yep, they did. So now what is it that these two organizations are understanding about the quarterback position that is escaping Ryan Pace? Yeah, that is, when it comes down to quarterbacks, (laughs) I got to say this, man. I'm not sure Ryan Pace knows what he's doing. And that's my point. That is the point. There you go. That's it right there. We're not sure if he knows what he's doing. Because (laughs) what made both of these organizations draft quarterbacks when, in the case of the Packers, we definitely know Aaron Rodgers' Hall of Fame talent. He was the MVP, and they still drafted a quarterback. Now, the Carson Wentz situation, it is what it is. But it's a simple fact that the matter is, is that both of these teams address that position. Ryan Pace has failed to address the quarterback position. I know? agree. And we all know that this is the most important position in the game, right? Absolutely. And Absolutely. now look at what we're dealing with this offseason where we're sitting here banking all of our hopes on him swinging for the fences and going after Deshaun Watson. But if you right. go and make that move, which I still think that they should, you have to give up so much to get them. Yep. To get them. Mm-hmm. And if you would have been taking these steps over the last six years to address the position, we wouldn't be in this situation right now with mediocre options at the position to get it right or swinging for the fences to get Watson. I agree. That is not a good place to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and here's the deal. I'm not sure if, 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 if like I said, if, uh, if Pace misspoke on this when he talked about getting a quarterback every year, right? Because um, here's the point I want to make. This Bears defense is, is very good, right? And they're missing. I think they're one quarterback and a few pieces away from being, you know, very, very good. And I think, really, do you see a quarterback from the draft coming in right now making a difference with, with, this, def- with this team right now? Do you see that person being ready to play and shine early? And for that reason alone, it's hard to go out the, of quarterbacks, really, when you're trying to get one that already can do good for you right now for this defense. Now, for long-term solution, I get it, right? Having, you know, quarterbacks you sign, whatever, or you, you bring in a draft who's going to continue to grow and learn, and then you just take over the hands. But you're talking about, like, right right now? You want somebody to come in right now and ready. So I'm not saying I agree with Pace in this mentality, but I do understand the portion of one to have a quarterback right now that can do well. So I think my point that I was making about that yeah. is if his original point was that you draft a quarterback every year. Yeah. Well, guess what? If you would have drafted a quarterback five years ago, six years ago, right? Yeah. Or kept drafting quarterbacks, then you would have had somebody in your system that would have been able to be developed to be the guy. We don't Agreed. have we don't have a quarterback in the in the pipeline because when you look at this quarterback yep. situation, it's Mitch, it's Foles, and it's Tyler Bray. Tyler right. Bray is not a development quarterback, but if you would have drafted someone in that third spot then that could have been someone that could have been learning under the wings. Because right. if they thought that Mitch wasn't the guy, then why not draft another guy? That's that's Agreed. my point. No, that's a good point. That's a very good point, because I was going to throw it out there too as well. Especially these last two years, right? Especially these last few years. He should have been drafting the quarterback for sure. Which was my point about why we yep. didn't address the position in the 2020 draft. Agree. Good point, brother. So the moral of my story, when I, when I look at, at Brian Pace, you should never wait until it's too late to allow terms to be dictated to you. And you have to think about that. That's true in any sort of business. I agree. If your strategy is flawed, well, guess what? When it's time to for you to try to figure out something at the last minute, you find yourself in a situation right now when you don't have any leverage. He's got mm-hmm. no leverage. Everybody knows that they don't believe in Mitch, that Mitch doesn't want to be here. So he is at the mercy of these teams in any sort of a trade negotiation. Right. 
if right. he does try to sign somebody a free agency, the agent knows the situation here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So he has no he had no backup plan because that person could already be on this roster. And I think that's his biggest downfall. The guy has had so many pieces that he hasn't gotten right here. But this quarterback situation, he has epically failed us because he did not have a development quarterback in the pipeline over these last couple of years. Right. And one thing you mentioned, Fred, that makes perfect sense. And maybe I'm summing this up correctly for you. Let me know if I got it right or wrong. But desperation. Yeah, everything right now for him, it reeks of desperation. Yeah. Right, exactly. So even think about this whole thing, because we already knew Mitch was struggling, right? You waited so long, right? So now you're desperate. And it's not a good look, because everyone knows what you're looking for now, right? It's not a good look. When Mitch is starting to show some trends, or even trending down, right? You were able to do some things. But now people really know that, hey, Chicago Bears are desperate for a quarterback. They're desperate. The value of the price tag for Watson has gone up for Chicago. Yeah, I mean, the thing about this, his price tag was already high, but any negotiation with the Bears, yeah. we are not negotiating from a point of, sh- of strength, and it's because of right. him. Because if yep. we had more options on the team itself currently, mm-hmm. then I think it would put us in a little bit of a better situation. So Exactly, yep, that's what I'm going with it, yep. So what grade do you give Ryan Pace? So I know we gave our player grades out last <laughs> week. What grade do you give Ryan Pace? I gave Ryan Pace a C, based upon effort. The fact that he did try to do some things, retooling, getting Khalil Mack was probably his biggest thing. Uh, but there was some good with what he was doing. Um, he helped rebuild this defense. And I think for me, you get credit for doing that part of it, help rebuilding this defense. And it started with Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, Roquan Smith. These are all guys that's, that kind of falls under his umbrella. So I will say, you know, with starting, having a starting point, having guys, elite guys on that defensive end um, that can play ball, very good, even including Bojack in this situation. It's to me is that that's that's a good sign if you think about that. Yeah, I I went back and forth on this one. I I, I give him a C minus, and the reason okay. why I give him the C minus, I had to put in the fact of the Khalil Mack trade, and I had to also look at Allen Robinson, and I had to look at the Hakeem Hicks acquisition. Right. Also, the work that he's done in the in the mid to late rounds. Correct. That is the thing that saved his grade mm-hmm. for me, and also. It's the thing that I realize is probably why he still has a job today. It's because of some of those picks hitting. But we just can't ignore the obvious things that he got wrong. And he's had some really bad free agent classes. And Mm -hmm. Mike Glennon and Cody Parkey signings. I mean, just just awful, you know? I agree. The quarterback position is one, but the tight end position is another position. I mean, the season before last, we had damn near 10 tight ends on the roster Ooh. because they couldn't get that position correct. I hope we got it correct now with Cole Commit. <laughs> I hope we do now. <laughs> but you're right. It's still a lot of that going on that was just bad. It was just bad. It was really bad. So I give the guy a C minus. I really don't think that he has what it takes to get this quarterback position figured out. And I still stand on this hill that I do not trust him with draft capital to be out there desperate trying to get this quarterback's position corrected. And that's going to be, oh, man, it's going to be tough. It really is. Because now it looks like he's tasked with that. I've got my fingers crossed. That's all I'll say. I have my fingers crossed. <laughs> i a lot of prayer. I hope he can land one. I hope. But you're right. The trending does not favor pace. Yeah. So we'll definitely see what ends up happening. Uh, listeners, be on the lookout. If, if there's some news with this quarterback position, A-Dub and I will be doing emergency pods as things pop up this offseason. 
So definitely you don't have to worry about not getting coverage from us if something does change with this quarterback position. A-Dub, good-ass show, brother. Before we get out of here, we want to ask for any of our listeners that listen via Apple, can you please go on and rate and review the podcast? Let us know what you think about the show. It will definitely help us up here as we continue to try to climb the list of Bears podcasts out there. So we appreciate any support that you guys can give us. So if you're liking the show, please go ahead and rate and review and help us out there. We appreciate you guys as always, and we are out. Yes, sir. A-Dub, going to sign us off, bro. Thanks for listening to the Very Cinches Podcast. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. Thanks for your continued support of this podcast. Bears Nation, come down with us. Peace.